0: Good evening. Uh, it's April 17th, 2019. It's Wednesday. Uh, we are here at the Long Run at 2452 Sutherland Avenue, the Deadhead and the, and the Engineer. I'm Patrick. I'm Ethan. And it's Wednesday. We're not live, but uh, I guess they'll listen to us at some point in time. But we're changing the day. Normally we do this on Thursdays. Thursdays have been our go-to day. Um, but tomorrow you're getting inducted into the Knoxville Track Club Hall of Fame. That's right. So not that I mean it's really not that big of a deal. We've mentioned it and so we'll <laughs> move on from it, but it's obviously a big deal. So congratulations. Tomorrow uh, it's kind of a bougie event up there at Club Lacan, but it should be very fun. They've never let me in there before, so they're well, in Well, I hear we have
1: to wear sport coats. Yes, I had to go buy a sport coat. Yeah, you had last to buy weekend. one. Yes. Okay.
0: I made some tie-dyes this weekend, so I'm hoping that they'll allow a tie-dye underneath my sport coat. Um, but we're doing it on Wednesday instead of Thursday. Um, and so you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at deadhead.engineer865. Uh, we're sitting here at the Bliss Corner at Troopers Library. Um, we have a special guest sitting in, I guess, the entire evening. Uh, Mr. Bill Beecher, who has now started a brand-new uh, performance coaching Venture, uh, and we'll get into talking with Bill a little bit later. He's got some interesting stories here to tell us about what used to go on here or what this place previously looked like before you and Julia bought it. So that should be fun. We're episode 10 um, and, I've, and I've named this episode The Wheel and the reason why I went with The Wheel was from... April 17th, because this day in Grateful Dead history, April 17th, 1983, at the Brendan Byrne Arena in uh, New Jersey. It's kind of like the borderline New Jersey, New York. But we have Bill sitting in. Bill, it's nice to have you here. Say hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. So we have Bill here, who's uh, a jack of all trades. He can swim, he can bike, he can run. Um, But the wheel is interesting, obviously, because, you know, you're a cyclist, and so... But that's where it kind of ends. I think where the wheel really presents itself is in a running format. Um, and, you know, when I and – I, and I say this to the kids that I coach all the time. You know, the wheel is turning. You can't slow down. You can't stand still. Can't go back. Just w- – w- wouldn't you try just a little bit harder? You know, and so I think the 1983 versions are not as good as some of the 1978 and 1988 versions, Um, but it's still a fantastic song. Uh, The it was an interesting night. I wasn't there in 1983; I was only three years old. Um, But Stephen Stills of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young sat in. Uh, They did love the one you with, and then jammed into the wheel that night. Uh, so it wasn't quite a five-star show, but the second set was killer. They had help, help on the way. Slipknot, Franklin's Tower, like a 20-minute playing in the band. It was really cool. Um, but I think the wheel from that night. Um, you know, it, on any given night, you n- you never know what to expect with the Grateful Dead. And so, if you can find a version of it, archive.org you know, check out the Brendan Burn Arena, it's been renamed, you know, a half a dozen times at this point, check out the wheel, and then try to find the same meaning that I find from it in running, you know, if the, if the thunder don't catch you, then the lightning will. And also, so,
1: also, to keep it in running, I think UT used to have a
0: staple workout that they called the wheel. I've, we did, I've, actually. I heard
1: about this, I
0: don't think you can do it anymore. You can't do it anymore. There was – back where they built the sorority village, uh, there used to be a a, a hill workout that had different spokes to the wheel. So it's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, You just jarred my memory. Um, But that that wheel unfortunately does not exist anymore. Uh, I wish it did because I'd probably take the kids that I coach to do that workout. Um, I did it. I can't even remember how many times. Um, so, yeah, it it uh, apparently the wheel covered a lot of different facets today. It comes full circle. It comes full circle, man. Uh, we are sponsored here tonight by uh, Beecher Performance Coaching. Uh, so we have Bill here at the uh, at the long run with us. Um, we're not sure how we're getting to get how you're going to get in touch with Bill yet, but we'll probably get that information out pretty soon. He's He's working on a, a website, we assume, at some point. Uh, but Beat Performance Coaching is your premier triathlon coaching service that can. Plan your workouts so you have no doubt. Keep you motivated so you won't be frustrated. Be a sounding board and even your mentor. Take an understanding in your lifestyle, making training worthwhile and will hold you accountable and make sure your results are insurmountable. Beat Your Performance Coaching is here to make Excuse me, to help take you to the next level in your training and racing, whether it be to finish a race, make a podium, or train smart to minimize injury. So we'll get to Bill here in just a little bit, and we'll go over his bio. Uh, he actually has a real job outside of uh, starting this coaching venture. Um, but for now, uh, what's on tap, Ethan? Um, <clears throat> so I've started just buying buying beers because I like I like the
1: names of them I like to try new ones for this thing and so I'm thinking I'm drinking something today called Han Brollo from Monday Night Brewing in Atlanta Georgia
0: it's a pale ale it's 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 alright okay well well I'm drinking a hop solo from Sierra Nevada it's a crystal hop IPA Uh, obviously we know that Sierra Sierra Nevada is at a Chico but they have a place close to us in Asheville so I'm drinking Hopsola. Bill, what are you drinking? It's called the Love Star Hill Brewery. So it's a wheat beer.
2: Pretty,
1: pretty good. Pretty tasty. I like it.
0: Okay. Fair enough.
1: I think that's one of the uh, Bobby Holcomb uh, leftover beers. Oh, the leftover oh, beers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: that could be from a long time ago. <laughs> so hopefully it's still somewhat tasty. Um, yeah. If you get sick, blame Bobby. It always comes back to Bobby. Blame Bobby. When, when something goes wrong, blame Bobby. I'll remember uh, that Yeah, yeah right uh, So starting blocks Obviously Obviously a lot went on This past weekend Or you know Monday with Boston So we're going to cover Boston We'll cover London There's a little bit With London But lots to talk about With Boston So what, you, what are you starting With Ethan?
1: So uh, we actually We actually hosted A marathon viewing party Here at the long run On Monday Some um, of us had to work So we couldn't be here Right And uh, it was It was it was fun We We had a good time Over here and, uh, man, the race was incredible. I don't know if, if you, if you had a chance to watch it. I on, did. I on, watched it. I
0: was proctoring tests, and I watched the whole thing.
1: On both yeah. sides, really, because yeah. they were completely, completely opposites, but still really, really good races. Because on the female side, you had um, the Ethiopian, uh, did, did, I'm, I'm not going to get the right yeah. name right, but Dig D-Dig FFA, D-Dig FFA, broke, broke away at She four broke miles. away at four or five miles, yep. and they just let her go. Hey, I think she had a three-minute lead at some point. And I, she just kept it going and looked looked really strong and uh, on the male side, man, three three guys with with four hundred meters to go or whatever. When you turn onto Boylston Street, uh, yeah, that sprint was. I'd like to I'd like to know what that last four hundred meter meters was because that was a good race.
0: I mean, if you had to take a guess, obviously they were rocking and rolling. You know, um, the fact that it came down to. Chirono and De Cisa, you know De Cisa, like, he would have been a three-time winner, yep. uh, You know, had he pulled out the victory, um, but obviously didn't. And it it was, it was on the on the men's side. It was really it was a fantastic. Day. I mean, to watch that finish, uh, and I, I had to watch it with no um, no sound, which made it even as exciting and at the same time frustrating because I couldn't hear what what was going what was going on I just had to watch it Um, you know over the last couple of weeks we've talked about you know finishing kicks in a marathon and uh, you know if you look at what you know what went down on you know Monday uh, obviously it wasn't it didn't matter who was the strongest in the last 400 meters it mattered who was strongest over the last you know two hours and seven plus minutes, whatever it was. And so, but they were really, really, they were really cooking. They were cooking. (laughs) Uh, that wasn't like, you know, we're just going to finish this thing and we're going to mosey on. in. they, they were hauling, they were hauling. Um, so that, obviously that was interesting. Like you said, the, the the women's race breaking open at four, at four miles. Um, you know, the women sat back obviously. And, and whether that, you know, that, who knows if the women's race would have been different had they calculated it a little bit um, differently? You know, uh, well, it, Jordan a, it actually
1: It actually kind of reminded me of when Meb won okay, in, so in back 2015. In 15,
0: 14, 15, yeah, because, somewhere there, yeah.
1: Because, uh, you know, he, he broke away kind of early. I think it was around halfway, maybe going through Wellesley or something where he broke away and they all kind of just let him go and they could never catch him. And it's just one of those things where you have to. Calculate and sometimes you let it go too far, kind of, kind of like bike racing, a little bit.
0: Kind of like bike <laughs> racing, yeah. Kind of like the wheel keeps turning, you know. Um, uh, yeah, interesting race. You know, obviously, um, uh, you know, with American women on the women's side, you know, Jordan Hesse first first marathon back since Chicago, uh, you know, gets third, so she's on the podium. Desi. Uh, you know, reigning champ gets fifth. Um, so a good showing on the women's side, obviously. You know, good good showing, not not fantastic. Not fantastic, right? Uh, time wise, you know, it wasn't it wasn't great time wise on the women's side. But you know, obviously, we come back to the men, and uh, you know, Scott Fauble and Jared Ward being sub two ten. Yeah, that's huge. Fantastic. Yeah,
1: I was I was super excited to see two guys two guys finish under two ten. At Boston,
0: I mean to have to have Fawble at two o nine o nine and Jared Ward two o nine twenty five thereabouts. You know, you're looking at like I think they were 2, 2, 211, 2.12 guys previously. Like, well, well,
1: Jared Ward had run two eleven, but that was in Rio. That was actually his PR. Was at the Olympic marathon. That's right. When yeah. he got he got six there. Yep. Um, so he doesn't normally run super fast races, and Boston actually is not always. Known for being super fast anyway. Um, they were then,
0: pushing it at, at, at 16 miles. They were pushing it at. Tw- and, and I say pushing, obviously, you know, we, we've read the articles on let'srun.com and, and different things like that and their recap of it. Um, but they weren't really pushing it. They just. It, it got. It, it slowed at the front. Right. And they just kept and going. They weren't, the they same weren't sitting, back. Back. They yeah. sitting back. They weren't sitting back. They were going after their times. And so, obviously, they put themselves in a position you know where they look to be you know some favorites obviously two you know, only three guys are going to make that olympic team um, and i think right now only three guys have the olympic standard right which is 21130 2 yeah so two eleven, which is a, we have this discussion daily every morning um, what, what 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 does that mean <laughs> yeah what does that mean and how does that you know how is that going to play out obviously coach Ben Rosario you know has his own feelings about how the marathon trials are going to play out on the men's side and obviously, you know, he still has to concern himself on the women's side because you have Kellen, I think, is going to run grandmas. Uh, you have, uh, um, you know, you got Steph that's, you know, uh, a, a contender. Uh, so, you know, they have, a you know, heck, Hoka and AZ and Elite could have, you know, a slew of contenders. like uh, yeah. Scott Smith, we'll see what happens with, with him um, but I think when it comes back to it it's just really neat to see um, you know as two two guys that follow it pretty closely um, you know two guys under under sub 210 in the marathon it's on huge. Monday you know it's, it's gigantic and so Did you watch it bill or did you have to go to work I was unfortunately working you couldn't even stream it dude I, mean, I, did, I did see the highlights. He's got a, he's
3: got a real job. <laughs> oh, well, that's unfortunate. I wish uh, I was here with you guys watching it. Well, recording. I wish I
0: was oh. here too, you know, watching it <laughs> on the big screen. I, you know, I had to be at work myself. Um, but Boston was a fantastic day. Obviously, we had a lot of people here locally that ran. Um, and so, our, our, our one good friend, which we had a lot of good friends that ran. Nick Morgan had a, Rick had a difficult I think, I think travel day. The, the final tally was maybe 31,
1: 32 hours of travel time, and he got in, I think, around midnight uh, for, for, the, for the 5 o'clock wake-up. And he broke three hours. hours. And he broke, broke three hours, yeah. and not too far off his PR. And I think, uh, you know, I saw, I saw a list of, of the local finishers, and I know... Uh, Betsy Johnson, Billy Hicks, Jason Bailey, Margo Ackright, Matt Stegal, Megan Kleshoot, uh Nick, who we just talked about, and uh, Eric Z- Zebra. Um, yeah, Zebra. They yeah. They all they they all requalified for Boston at Boston, which you know on a day it seemed like it wasn't a super fast day for running. Um, it was, seemed like it was kind of warm, so anytime conditions aren't perfect, if you can requalify for Boston when you run Boston, it's kind of a I think it's kind of a big deal there. So, and as they, someone who's run Boston a
0: couple of times like yourself, obviously, A you know, couple you times in one experience. day actually. Couple, <laughs> that's right. You have run it a couple of times in one day, so you speak from experience. Um, you know, we'll have Betsy on here in a couple of weeks, so we'll be able to talk to her about her experience. Um, you know, so Boston was a fantastic day. London, you know, London Marathon is the next big uh, world marathon major. Uh, news just came out today, I think, that Chris Derrick... Pulls out. I think it's a plantar fascia problem. Um, Tirunesh Dababa pulls out, but obviously we both know. Everybody knows that follows the you know sport of marathon running is the Kipchoge Mo show. Yeah. You know, come London. So. Well, I'm just gonna
1: say I looked it up today, and it's gonna be on NBC Sports. Or Olympic Channel, one of those at 4 a.m. We have to have the special gold it's be, package. It's or... gonna be it's gonna be 4 a.m. on Sunday, so we're not planning on having a live viewing here. At the what do you mean run. we could have a live showing but,
0: and then go for a long but, run?
1: But if there's a if there's a huge outcry, we can come here at 4 a.m. and we can watch it together. But uh, otherwise, could
0: twist my arm. <laughs> you know, we can't imbibe anything before before we actually go for the long run. But it might be worth it. Um, but obviously, the women's side looks pretty strong in London. Obviously,
1: for, the, for for the for the for the for the American women. American women, um, I'm I'm pretty pretty excited to see Molly Huddle versus Emily Sisson. Yeah, because uh, you know, uh, they both have super fast half marathons. Um, I think uh Emily was just off Molly's American record. I think, as I recall. Um, You're right. They're both yep. 60, in Houston, Sixty-seven, 67 in mid. Um, for both of them and Molly has run a marathon this is going to be Emily's first but I'm sure they're both going after uh, fast times you uh, think you think American record might you
0: know, be in play you know you would think with you know the way that London normally plays out you would think that Dina's uh, you know 219 35 you know 36 whatever she's run there uh, for the American record you would think that that would be in play um, you know a. Assuming what, which I guess you shouldn't assume, but obviously they ran quite well at Stanford a couple of weeks ago, over 10,000 meters. And so you would think that they'd be in very good shape. You know, who knows what the taper was like. Obviously, their coach, Ray Tracy, does a fantastic job managing them. Um, I would think that it's going to be close, you know. Uh, Usually we agree on
1: everything. Usually we do. So you're disagreeing uh, I'm, I'm, on this time. On this one, I'm probably I'm gonna say I don't think I think maybe I don't think either of them's gonna break 220. Okay. Um, you know, but you might, think they're they might run close might to 220 in the, in the you know, 221. Um, I, think, I think they can both break 222. But I mean there's a there's a big difference from 222 to 219. Sure. Um, I just I just don't think either of them is gonna is gonna have that. But.
0: Uh, We'll see. It'll be exciting, nonetheless. Yeah. I think, you know, um, it really is kind of an exciting time in, you know, uh, American marathon distance running. Because, you know, we finally have, you know, you know it's unfortunate with Chris Derrick. Like, obviously, you know, he's probably a guy that could go out and run 210 himself. You know. Should be. Um, based on what he's run in some of the shorter distances. I mean, he's like a, you know low 13 minute guy, you know, he's run, you know, uh, probably under 27, I don't know the times. I, I think, think 2715, like something Somewhere like there, so obviously, you know, he's got the intelligence, he's a Stanford grad, so that counts for something, I'd imagine. Uh, was, um, was Stanford included in that uh, uh,
1: academic uh, cheating scandal? No, I don't think, no, I think just, they, they, just, they skated, but I think it's UCLA.
0: U- USC, I know. And UCLA, I uh, yeah. think too, that also have uh, you know some of that scandal stuff going on. But maybe that's another that's another topic <laughs> for another day. But it really is kind of an exciting thing, you know, exciting time going on right now with uh, our marathoners. Because um, heck, we forgot to mention you know Allie ran a good race, another Hoka and a Z girl um, in Rotterdam. So um, back to
1: London, Mo versus Kipchoge. Who you got, Bill?
0: I got to go with Mo. Wow. You go with Mo? Wow. 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 You heard it here first. Is there any reason, like, based on, you know, past races and performances, is there a reason why you go with Mo over Kipchoge? I mean, Mo, you know, Kipchoge's got the, he's, I mean, they all have the times. They've all run, you know, they all have the closing speed. They have the endurance. They have everything that you need to run a good marathon. Why are you picking? Why are you picking Mo? It's a gut feeling. It, I, I don't know. Sometimes no, you got to go no, with your gut. No hey. logic to it. Just gut feeling. All right. I, well, maybe maybe you heard it here first. I mean, first of many, but uh, it'll be obviously it's going to be. I mean, it, it is you know on the men's side it's the Kipchoge Mo show like we said. Uh, so that should be very interesting to see what happens uh, when those two guys battle. Because if one pushes, I don't think the other's gonna let off. I think it's just gonna be, you know, I think they're gonna be on the gas the battle, entire time, battle the whole way. So that should be fun, um, but we'll see if there if there's an American record that goes down. If there's, you know. We're lacking uh, American entrance on the men's side, but we'll see what happens between Kipchoge and Mo. Um, and then you never know, you know. I mean, there could be some up-and-comer that goes out, goes out and runs two, three, or something like that. So it should be fun to see. Uh, that's in a week and a half. No, it's, it's uh, Sunday. Sunday. Sunday at 4 a.m. Oh, Sunday. Oh, a. Sunday. Yeah. oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. shows you my dates. I need to. I so need re- to... record it. Record it at 4 a.m. Wake up. Watch it before your long run. Or show up here at the long run at 2452 if we decide to have a viewing party. At 4 a.m. That's pretty early. We'll see. We'll see what happens. That might be even too early for the rest of us. Halfway split, we're welcoming in – he's said a couple of things, but uh, we're going to welcome in Bill Beecher. Bill has been racing triathlons for over 15 years following an impressive swim career at Bowling Green State University. I thought they were only known for hockey. But apparently they what? have a—Bowling Green, they had a really good hockey team. Yeah, yeah do. All, all Northern's girls. Yeah, do right.
3: <laughs> is uh, Bowling
1: Green—do they count as Northern? It's in Ohio. Okay. It's
3: yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: I understand that. <laughs> we have our geography correct. But Bill is an Ironman All-World athlete, qualified and competed in the Ironman World Championships in Kona. While earning USAT All-American honors for the past six years, Bill has been ranked number one in his age group. We'll leave your age group out of it, whatever the age group sure. that is, um, in Tennessee for the past three years. Bill shares his love for the sport by coaching and helping others strive to meet their goals. With a specialty in triathlons, Bill helps clients with swim, bike, and run training plans and technique. When not training, racing, or coaching, Bill is a commercial real estate broker with SVN Wood Properties, which you helped Ethan and Julia purchase this property. So tell us a little bit about what this place looked like before they purchased it? Pretty much
3: indescribable compared to what it is now. Well, you have to describe it a little (laughs) bit. So, it was an old salon and not even a nice salon. Um, I don't know exactly what they were doing in it, but uh, it might not have all
1: been... There might have been some some shenanigans. There could have been. Um, Yeah, so so you think it looks a little better now? It does. Um,
3: Over here where we're at the, the... the Troopers Bar side. Um, library. It's a library. library. That's right. We're at library. the Bliss Corner in Troopers yeah, it's, Library. It's all opened up. Nice hardwood. I understand you're doing some yoga
1: and some strength we training
0: over We have some yoga here. and
1: strength training throughout the week. Check our Facebook page. Uh, we've got all those listed throughout the week. All paces welcome. The runs, we run for every weekday at 5.30 in the morning and all paces are welcome. And uh, uh, we are welcome welcome anybody who wants to show
0: up. Excellent. Uh, so it's, it looks consider, I, I remember, Bill, I, I remember like, you know, it would have been, a, well, heck, two months ago maybe, swinging by here, running in the morning with these guys and walking in here and being like, there's no way that they're going to be able to sell anything in this place. It was a <laughs> dump, you know, the place was, looked like a disaster and now you walk in here, it. It's a really nice place, obviously. It is. So you so, must be thrilled that you sold them this place. Absolutely. Know? So be honest. When we put the <laughs> offer
1: in, did you think we were crazy?
3: No. No.
1: All right. No. I kind of thought we were crazy. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can tell. <laughs> but
3: uh, it, it turned out really nice. It's it's definitely a huge improvement inside
0: and out. You know, I think um, the thing about what this place... Uh, and me being just you know half half of uh, half the duo between the deadhead and the engineer, I think what it offers up is it's just you know a place to gather you know the community uh, Absolutely. you know and whether it be runners, cyclists you know there's not a place to swim, but uh, you know Jonesy can ride his bike up here and hang out for a little bit and and, and give us a, a hard time but you know I we, think we
1: priced an infinity pool. Over, over, uh, yeah. So oh, the so na- my neighbors might. So we not might. Really we might, st- that, we might start a GoFundMe. Oh, it was, well, there you it go. Was, it was it was something like sixty five grand. So is that it? There wow. might, there well, might okay. be a GoFundMe for that that uh, infinity pool. It'd be it'd be perfect right in this area. Well, right if here. we set
0: that up, then we'll make sure we put get on the website. Uh, but it's really a fantastic place. I think it really, um, with everything that's going on, you know, downtown, you know, north you know, south, east, and west, I think it's cool because it uh, just gives us folks a, another option, and so hopefully, you know, that Ethan and Julie were fortunate, fortunate enough to hook up with you by this place, and uh, really, you know, hopefully uh, it, you know, is a place that is here for years to come, and, you know, we're only in episode, what are we, episode 10, so, you know. If we get to episode 100, then hopefully we'll be... If the place is still up and running, then we'll be, we'll be <laughs> all right. Um, but we have Bill here. He's starting a... He's opening up a new venture uh, outside of uh, commer- commercial real estate, uh, Beach or Performance Coaching. And so what made you get into the coaching business, Bill? Obviously, you were a successful swimmer. There may or may not have been a Canadian record there, in there at some point. Um, <laughs> Your biking prowess is pretty good from what we've heard. But now you're getting into the coaching business. So tell us a little bit about what's going on.
3: Well, over the last couple of years I've I've really thought about helping others and coaching others and after just more thought and talked to my wife Hester, um, decided to start coaching people and I've got a few people now and looking to take on a few more but it's, you know, it's a, it's still a part-time thing, still doing commercial real estate during the day. So, um, it's, it's definitely a passion I have both competing and trying to help others. So do you have, um, group group practices together? Or are you kind of, are all your athletes kind of solo? Pretty much solo. Um, being a triathlete, you know, trying to fit in swim, bike, run, work, um, your family, it's, it's tough. So I find a lot of people, it's hard to schedule everyone together. So, um, right now it's, it's just individual.
0: Well, so, um, as far as, I mean, you still find yourself as a competitive triathlete. So how do you find, how are you able to balance, um, all the things that are going on? You know, you're Quote actual job, this new coaching venture, and then being able to find time to train yourself. Well,
3: time management. A very loving wife. <laughs> she puts up with a lot of my my busyness. Um, but just, I mean, being driven. You know, getting up early in the morning, planning my day out well. You know, making sure all the pieces of the puzzle are put in place at
1: the right time. So. Um, that's kind of how I've been doing it. Do you find yourself uh, kind of helping helping your athletes do with their time management as well? Is that kind of part of what, what what you end up doing? A little bit. Um
3: haven't gotten into a whole lot of that, but a little bit of that, yeah.
0: Well, so what what role do you think that that, you know, because let's face it, I mean, you may you may or may not work with, you know, some professional triathletes, but you're more likely working with people that have nine-to-five jobs. Right. <clears throat> and so they, and they, and they have to manage families and, you know, work schedules. So how do you think, what's going to differentiate your coaching prowess from anybody else? What, what What's going to be something that you offer differently to the individuals that you coach to be able to convey... You know, being able to work around their work schedule and life schedule and different things like that. Sure. Well, I've been doing it myself for 15
3: years, so I think sure. that's one thing. Um, to most people, struggle in the swim. That's that's most people's weakness. So, with with my background, with competitively swimming, you know, since I've been eight year old, I can help them with that. Um, I can help them do sets that are efficient to improve their swimming instead of just getting in the pool and swimming like a lot of people do. And it really doesn't help their
0: fitness a whole lot when you just get in, it's like going for a run. So you're not, you're not about going through the motions, you wanna get the most out of what you're doing, capitalize on the, on the workout that day. Correct, Yeah. Okay.
3: I mean, you don't just go for a run all the time and do the same pace, you do speed work, you do hills, tempo runs, same thing in the pool, you can't just
1: swim the same pace the whole time. Do you do swim technique training? Because I'll be honest, if I if I came to you and said I want to be a triathlete and, I, and you saw me jump in the pool, uh, you'd be worried I was about to go.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, I think the statistics like twenty percent of people can't swim freestyle with their head in the water. So that'd be me. Yeah. <laughs> so so, that, so you
1: do some technique training
0: as well, yes. or just
3: okay?
1: Yes. That's good to know. That is good to know.
0: In case we have anybody that, you know, listeners all, you know, 20 of you that feel like you might drown, you call a bill and, you know, and, and he'll help you out. So why start up this coaching service now? You know, I mean, you're successful in, you know, your other life, you know, as a commercial real estate agent. Why, why start this up now?
3: I think just my passion for the sport and helping people to get better, um, I've, I've kind of gone through the, the phases in my own competitive triathlon career and have seen the different stages starting out kind of just okay I'm gonna you know I got a race coming up I better start swim bike running more and then progressing that to you know being more competitive and, and more structured workouts so I'd like to just help people achieve their goals and train smarter so they can get faster or whatever their goals are maybe they just want to do a race um, they want to finish a triathlon or maybe they want to
1: improve their swim Uh, so whatever their goals are i can i can definitely help them so you're kind of more you feel like you're more kind of like a straight line like if you want to get here i can i've been through all this i know how to get there instead of you know me jumping in the pool and flailing around exactly Um, and getting on the bike and riding and not not really doing myself any good. You can say if you do this and this and this, you can get to that to that goal. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, to, you know, to me it sounds really cool because I think you know what you offer is another option uh, in town here locally, and more options are good. And so, um, you know, you're someone that has a different expertise than. Some of the, some of the other folks in town, and so, um, you know, if if I ever want to learn to swim, I'm probably going to come to you. Uh, I I don't think I could spin a wheel again. I reference back. Uh, I can bike casually. Um, we heard a funny story today, which we'll save that for another time. Uh, out there on the foothills, but uh, I think it's cool. You know, I think. Um, once we, uh, once you get a Facebook page, uh, is there a Facebook page that we can at least reference? I do uh, just at uh, Beecher Performance Coaching. On okay, Facebook. Beecher B E E C H E R Performance Coaching. Uh, I guess one day you'll get a, you know, a, a real website. That's right. <laughs> You're, I guess you're not real until you have a website. I mean, we're kind of real because we have like a logo. Do you have a logo? I Although Bill, Bill is wearing a t-shirt. He's got shirts. We don't have shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hester and Bill are wearing t-shirts. We don't. Ha- we're not quite there yet, obviously. Uh, so we have our work cut out for us. Um, but I think it was, um, you know, I think what what you're doing is, you know, is fantastic because it just it it. it It gives everybody more people to get engaged and involved in different things in town. And so um, do you have any races picked out in particular that you want people to get involved with?
3: I mean, obviously, all the the local races are great. Um, It helps just with the community and helps people learn more about triathlon and more exposure. Um, Race day events is... Is one of the main ones in town. Um, Endurance Sports Management is another one. Um, I'm doing some half Ironmans this year. I'm doing some
1: Olympic distance and sprints, so I'd love to see everyone out there. And we're kind of coming up on the big triathlon season. It's it's kind of summer to fall, right? Right. So there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on. Yep.
0: Yeah, I think we're definitely gonna have some folks in over the next couple of months. Talking about some big try stuff, obviously. Uh, So it'll be it'll be fun. You know, we're looking forward to seeing what happens. Um, You know, I'm sure, no pun intended, we'll run into each other because you know we ran into each other on Sunday morning. And so we did. It'll be, you know, obviously people that want to be, you know, have a triathlon coach, you know where to go. Once there's a www dot, we'll send them that way. But It was good to have you here, Bill. Um, Thanks for having me. Yep. Um, I think it's our bell lap. We always finish our bell lap with... um, Here at the Bliss Corner at Trooper's Library with a a book. Um, And so... uh, For better or for worse, we went with Alan Webb's... uh, You know, Alan Webb and his quest for the fastest mile. uh, Which was a book written by Chris Lear. Which...
1: Yeah, so it's, it's basically kind of a follow-up to uh, Running with the Buffaloes. Which, obviously, which Running with the
0: Buffaloes is like a quintessential... It's, it's
1: hard, it's hard, because Running with the Buffaloes is basically a classic. Yeah, um, it was know, a it's, difficult it's, follow-up. It's, it's Once a Runner, Running with the Buffaloes. Those are if, if someone's getting into running, those are the books you want them to read. Yeah. Um, and so he he kind of followed uh, Webb through. I think it was his freshman. I think he only had one year at Michigan. Yeah, I only had one year at Michigan. Um, yeah. Followed him through his freshman year and kind of tried to do the Running with the Buffaloes kind of style, showing the the day to day, the life and the workouts. And um, yeah. uh, it probably wasn't quite quite the same kind Not of book. Not quite. Kind of the same kind of read as you get with Running with the Buffaloes, but it was still interesting. And I'm I'm gonna say for me personally, it was it was really interesting because I went to high school with Webb. Because um, you were one of the you were
0: <laughs> no, just outside did, of the big three, right? You know, you know yeah.
1: yeah. It, I I joked that it was me, hall yeah. and Webb, but but I think really that's a fair he joke. was he was in my district. Yeah. So I raced South Lakes. You know, I didn't race against Webb, uh, like you know. Some, some other guys may well, have. Yeah, sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I was in a lot of the same races.
0: I think from a, you know, a historical con- context, um, it's obviously, you know, with what was going on at that point in time, 2003, 2004, with Alan Webb and a lot of the other individuals that were involved in that book and this, you know, what was happening, like Hein and Ryan Hall... Those sorts of athletes, um, you know, it, it, was, it was a really, it, it was kind of like nobody was doing that kind of, nobody was writing a book about, right. you know, running with the Buffaloes. Obviously, Chris Lear maximized that time with Colorado and the University of Michigan. Um, and so, if you, if you haven't read the book or you don't know the story,
1: uh, Alan Webb set the American high school record. In a mile, he ran three fifty-three. He beat Jim Ryan's three fifty-five from nineteen fifty-six or some something. Whatever. It was. It was. No, yeah. Nobody no high school had broken four in, in decades. And he ran, he just went out and blasted a three fifty-three. Um, he went to Michigan. Yep. He spent a year there, and that's the year that's chronicled in sub four in the book we're talking about. And then he decided he didn't want to be in college and he signed a professional contract. Yeah. And it's kind of
0: like the first one, to do that. Right. And now, obviously, we're seeing it a lot more uh, with high school kids and college kids leaving school early, you know. Like, we, we've seen it in, obviously, we see it often in basketball, um, but it's not often seen in the world of track and field. And, you know, it's interesting because um, while we don't want to give, give away the whole entire story of the book, which... If you know a little bit about the history of Alan Webb, you know the way the story goes, and obviously he became, he, he went on to become uh, the greatest, you know, miler in U.S. history. Um, but a former teammate of mine, uh, good friend, who recently just took a gig with Asics, uh, was mentioned in the book, and so we have him live on air, or on on, oh, on, on air right now. Because I think it was in uh, Chapter 20 that he got mentioned. Hey, Mark, are you there, my, my friend?
2: Uh, yeah, I am, and i I'm already starting with the Chapter 20 talk, huh? <laughs>
0: well, we wanted to have you. Hey, it's good to have you here. You're here with De- the Deadhead and the Engineer, you know Ethan, and you're here with Bill. Um, but it's good to have you, man. What's going on?
2: Oh, man. Uh, pleasure, pleasure, guys. I love what you guys are doing down there. Um, it's wonderful. I mean. Knoxville, such a wonderful running community, Um, you know, being honored and blessed enough that I was able to be a part of it, running for UT, and then just seeing everything that's blossomed, you know, since then. So, great job, guys. Really excited. Um, As I know, I think you alluded to quickly, uh, up here in Hartford, Connecticut, recently took a job with
0: ASICS, moving back to the West Coast here in about a month or so, but, you know, very happy to be on. Well, you know, obviously we're talking about uh, Alan Webb and the quest for the fastest mile, and in chapter twenty-three, uh, you you were particularly named in a certain situation. Can you tell us a little bit about what ha- what went down there?
2: Yeah, no, no, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. The infamous chapter twenty. I mean, uh, short short anecdote, and I'll go into that one. So uh, I found out about this book, and I I, I kind of. I kind of agree but disagree with you guys. I was listening to you guys in your earlier premise about its historical place. But I'll get to that later. But um, so, we'll
0: make it, Don't like. make it too long. We have places no, to no, be no, in. Real, of course, I, I hear you. Yeah, there's Gavinos <laughs> to eat. I get it. Um,
2: so um, real quickly, my mother in a local bookstore used to get uh, notifications from the ladies about track and field news. At the time, if I was in there or Justin or anything about our team, it was always wonderful. So one day, the lady said, your, your, your son's in this book. You know, and my mom's like, oh, I got to go get it. She knew of Alan Webb and everything from us coming up at the same time. And then my mom read the chapter that I was mentioned in and goes, huh, proud peacock, they say about you. <laughs> didn't I not teach you humility? And it was kind of embarrassing because my mother had to scold me for having to be more humble, I guess. Um, so in chapter 20.
0: I guess Coach um, Watson didn't, didn't scold you enough, so you had to have your mom, you know, pulling you the know, reins, huh? I, I, you know I think it was one of those things first off on this one also
2: I, ho- I hope Chris Lear is listening because I would like a redaction because I actually didn't finish I doubt third he is but maybe if he
0: will one day you
2: know one day um, I actually didn't finish third at NCAAs that year I finished second so thank you Chris <laughs> for you know putting that one in there but um, yeah it, essentially uh, it's throughout the book and you guys were talking about it. it was the ups and downs of the struggles of two of some of the greatest runners of at least the generation that we're in Nate and Nate Brandon and Alan Webb, and they had their ups and downs. And Nate had a little bit of a down at NCAA Indoor. I was riding a high. Our team won the national championship that, that
0: day. And yeah, so, we did. Appar- apparently, I, I was, you know, was showing too much
2: happiness, and Nate did not like that. Also, <laughs> one of my high school teammates was a member of the Michigan track team who absolutely loved all the success I was getting. So Darren kept on just saying, like, oh, you're in the race my boy. There's no way you can get him. So there was a little bit of this, I guess, rivalry for lack of a better word, was happening. And so the all of chapter twenty is the mental preparation of Nate wanting to get out there and do nothing more than beat me, which he did. Give him all the props <laughs> in the world. Yeah, he did. I was looking at his back in the last hundred meters. So, but it, it, it's a funny, it's a funny thing that Nate and I saw each other last year. He lives in Cleveland, Ohio. We saw each other, and we laugh about it still.
0: Well, I think you know that that puts an interesting perspective on. Uh, the book itself, because obviously you can read you know a like the day to day what Alan Webb was doing, but I think you know someone that was kind of you know you know involved with that you know that 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 core three you know ritzenheimin uh Webb and hall obviously you, you had the opportunity to race those guys, brandon being a guy that was you know. You know, up north in Canada and obviously came down here and, you know, obviously dominated, you know, for a couple of years in the NCAA. And I, think,
1: I think Nick Willis was that year, too, wasn't he? Uh, year after. Year okay.
0: after. So you were on a recruiting trip with Alan Webb. Is that right?
2: Correct. Um, so i um, very intertwined to both of them at the end in my senior year of high school. Um, my recruiting trip to Michigan was Alan Webb, Dathan Ritz and myself, and i'll never forget we're sitting in ron Warhurst's office and he looks at me and goes i have a really good kid from out of canada you know in the thread of a kevin sullivan i think he's going to be one of the good ones uh he was in last week, really good vibe i'm looking at you three i want to sign all three of you and you four as four freshmen will break the world record in the dmr and i'm sitting there and I'm like, does that mean I have to run the 400? <laughs> Which well, at the time I had the fastest 800 time as from junior year, not senior year. Nate actually ended up running 146, but I was like, I'd have to, I'd have to get demoted to the 400. This is crazy. <laughs> that would be but,
0: terrible. Um, it was it was wonderful. Um, there was a, a brief a
2: brief time there was supposed to be a track meet in Dayton, Ohio that year. Um, that actually they wanted to have a dream 800, so they flew in James Hatch who ran at Arkansas from Colorado. They brought Nick down from Canada, and they invited Allen. But Ratsko didn't want Allen to do that because they were prepping for pre at the time. But they were supposed to get all four of us together in an 800 in Ohio. So there was always – I've had a connection, you know, with those guys. And, you know, honestly, Michigan was a coin flip away until George Watts told me there was going to be this angry little guy transferring into (laughs) Long Island, New York. And I knew at that point I had to go to the University of Tennessee.
0: (laughs) Well, all right. uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, you finished it off with that. I don't know that I particularly like being called the angry little guy, but... Uh, oh, that, part, you you, you loosened up, you loosened up. I, up. I loosened up just a little bit. Last question to close yeah. it all out.
1: Uh, bring it full circle, as you as you will. Did you ever do the wheel workout?
2: The wheel? Uh, oh, like the infamous one that the sprinters always complained about?
0: Yeah, the one that was on uh, over by sorority village. You've done the wheel, dude. Well,
2: no, once maybe,
0: once. Well, like, that we counts. You've really, <laughs> done it.
2: We never, we never really did that that often. Um, we were that was the those were the times, Patrick. Again, you remember that Badgett Field had that awesome Badgett Bowl, those two hundred meter
0: hills on both sides. Oh, side. the Badgett Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. So before it
2: became a <laughs> frisbee golf course or whatever it was, that's where we did a majority of our hills and things like. And you could also run. You used to be able to do Library Hills because before they put that walk, pedestrian walkway over by uh, where the library is and everything, no one ever walked over there, and that was another place where you'd do a lot of our hill
0: work. Well, I, I vaguely recall, and you know, my memory's going, but I thought I recall some hill, some wheels with you, but I guess not. You know, I think in closing, because we're we're running out of time here. Obviously, Mark. Nobody cares about hockey, except for Islander fans and Blue Jacket fans. Oh, fire the cannon. Fire the cannon. Fire the cannon. You got John Tortorella as your your Blue Jackets coach, so that's fantastic, I think. The Islanders are going to line up to play the Capitals, but what do we say? Nobody cares about hockey. No
2: one cares about hockey. It was a a pleasure, guys. And again, uh, historically, I think you're wrong. Uh, I think that the book will put thing because... Alan Webb was the Zion
0: Williamson of the early 2000s. It was the biggest thing ever. So I think you guys need to uh, re-read the book and give it a little more credit. Fair (laughs) enough. Thank thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it. All right, guys. See you, buddy. Thanks. Okay. Well, we just got told exactly what uh, Mark wanted to tell us. Yeah. Uh, And so – and that's – you know what? He could tell us that. And so I think – you know, I think that was uh, a pretty good ending to the uh, good,
1: good way to close this one out. To
0: episode ten, uh, and then we'll see. It. We'll be back next Thursday for Thursday. everybody that didn't show up tonight. Uh, we'll get this on MileSplit, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that sort of good stuff, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for having. Thanks, thanks for being here, Bill. thanks, yeah, Bill. thanks for having me.
3: Yeah!